0: Alright, before I get started and probably ruin everybody's Halloween with a not-so-scary haunted house that is supposedly in 2000, I think, 10, one of the four most haunted houses in America. First, I gotta thank some Patreon subscribers. We got Emma Farrell, Matthew Dixon, and Caitlin Aruska. Hopefully I pronounced your last name right, Caitlin. If I didn't, I surely do apologize. Emma Farrell, please get a hold of me. For your Skype call, you were in uh, the top tier, so. And yeah, I am gonna read some reviews at the end of this episode as well. It's been a long time; I have a lot to go through, so I probably won't read each one, uh, fully through individually, uh, because, like I said, there's so many. But if you would like to be a Patreon subscriber, we drop three episodes a month. Go to Patreon.com/slash Mysterious Circumstances. I got two, five, and a ten-dollar tier. Also, if you want to make a one-time donation because you liked a certain episode, want to buy me a beer or a cup of coffee, you can go to Venmo at MC Podcast and you can find me there. So, without further ado, here is this year's Halloween episode on Whisper's Estate. This podcast contains adult content. Some of the themes or topics may include information on murder, kidnapping, torture, dismemberment, Maybe some demonic content. With information on positions. And paranormal activity. This podcast will also include explicit. Horrible and foul. Socially unacceptable. Totally uninhibited. Adult themes language. So if you're easily offended. If you're easily triggered. Then I highly suggest you turn this off now. And if not. Just keep in mind, parental discretion is advised. All right, Whisper's Estate was built in 1894, and this is the earliest discovered records that we could find. It is a 3,700 square foot, four bedroom, two and a half bath. Still has the original wood floors to this day. It's a three story house and the third floor is unfinished and it has a stone basement as well. The estate was featured on the Travel Channel, the Sci-Fi Channel, and HGTV. The estate earned its nickname after so many years of guests saying they hear whispers. So, in September of 1899, a guy named Dr. John Gibbons marries his wife, Jessie. They either move into the house in 1899 or 1901, depending on your source for reference. They did purchase the house from the original owners, who were Dr. George and Sarah White. The downstairs originally held a practice for the doctors, and over the years, it's likely many patients died, including some children. I did find one report that said while the Gibbons family lived there, there were, I think, 26 deaths in the house, but I only found that from one source, so I could not confirm that. Dr. John and Jesse Gibbons reportedly adopted, abandoned, or orphaned children, but they definitely had a 10-year-old daughter named Rachel and a baby named Elizabeth. Supposedly on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve in 1912, Rachel was checking out the gifts early and knocked over uh, an open flame which caught her on fire. The parlor ended up burning and she suffered severe burns causing her to pass away two days later. Burn marks remain on a pocket door between the parlor and the dining room to this day and many believe Rachel's spirit remains in there as well. Many visitors have seen her throwing jacks and rolling balls and tend to actually love the child's spirit. There is a story of a group of women visiting the home and they brought Rachel a gift and wanted to specifically connect with her while they were there. The gift they brought was a doll and they left it in the bedroom where Rachel died. They tried to call out to the girl's spirit and they heard something bounce down the stairs. It was the doll they had brought And according to these women, it was burnt-looking and smelled freshly burned. Then, according to reports, a 10-month-old infant named Elizabeth died in the first-floor master bedroom of unknown causes, but there's still the scent of baby powder, and you can sometimes still hear her cries. Jessie ended up dying in that same bedroom after a bout with double pneumonia. People who sleep over and sleep in that room often awake to labored breathing and coughing. Um, Some even report feeling as if someone is sitting on their chest. The most common paranormal activity in this room is the closet doorknob will frequently jiggle for a few moments and it'll stop suddenly and then the closet door will pop open. The maximum reported count for repeatable occurrences is 5 within a couple of minutes. And this, of course, required persons in the room to close the door each time. Stories of subsequent owners and occupants suggest others have encountered their own demise, such as a gentleman in the 50s and 60s that died in the upstairs bathroom, a young boy that died from falling down the front staircase, and uh, according to the Whispers Estate website, which is where the bulk of this information comes in. And trust me, after I get done telling these stories that are on the website, I'm probably gonna break a bunch of paranormal hearts. I can guarantee that. According to the website, the owner of the house recently spoke with relatives of this little boy. They got uh, they got a name and keywords and more. In 2006, the now-previous owner bought the house after being vacant for a few years. During its restoration, strange activity started to occur. Activity in the house continued and even increased, subsequently earning the name Whispers Estate after guests repeatedly reported hearing disembodied voices whispering in their ears. Alright, there are supposedly four graves in the backyard, not including what psychics have called a pit grave, which they say contains amputated limbs, internal organs, and aborted fetuses, etc, etc. There is reportedly a portal slash vortex, which runs up through the house from the front parlor into the third floor room, which is also the attic. Uh, The room in the attic is said to be the heart of the house. Guests that are brave enough to sleep in this third floor room report horrible nightmares and sometimes hear something trying to get in the room via the door, which you would see apparently the doorknob jiggling. Visitors have reported sighting a shadow, which is now called Big Black, an entity which psychics say is not of this world. While most commonly encountered in the doctor's rooms, It has been seen throughout the house. Guests have experienced earthquake-like tremors while in uh, the doctor's bathroom. EVP sessions done by paranormal investigators have revealed many entities in the house at any given time. But you don't always need recording equipment to hear these disembodied voices at Whisper's estate. Many young women have reported hearing Dr. Gibbons whisper in their ears as well as sometimes grabbing or groping them. Guests claim to see the beds and couches visibly shake, while others who are sleeping on other beds and couches have reported having them shake violently as well. A lot of times, the guests that stay there decide they'd rather sleep as close to the front door as possible, just in case they have to run out the door. Investigators often do rounds throughout the house at different times throughout the night, Sometimes, upon leaving the servant's quarters just after the last person exits the room, the solid heavy wooden door slams with unrestrained force by an unseen presence. There are times when guests will notice pleasant smells of baby powder drift throughout the house. They also report the scent of pungent cologne aftershave, cigar and tobacco smoke, rancid meat and cabbage, dirty medical bandages, and uh, more smells that are not described are also not uncommon. Some guests have reported their recording camcorders being moved by an unseen presence, thereby disturbing the viewpoint of the intended target. Most encounters with the spirits are friendly, and the current owner says if people are respectful and not trying to cause a ruckus, the paranormal are nice to them. There are a few videos on YouTube of quote-unquote possessions. Uh, You know, a lot of the comments in these videos seem pretty unanimous that no one has ever experienced evil in the home. Just go to YouTube and type in Whispers Estate Possession, and if you want a good Halloween laugh, you'll fucking love this, man. I mean, it is... It's more cringeworthy than watching Zach Bagans get possessed every other week on Ghost Adventures. Super cringe, right? So another testimony from a group says that they had quote-unquote bad vibes in the maid's quarters and their flashlights and phones were drained quickly uh, of their batteries. They also saw a tall figure standing inside a doorway at the top of the stairs after hearing the door being flung open very loudly. There's a lot of YouTube videos. One of them is testimony of being scratched while in the home. Um, There have been a lot of paranormal investigations that have been in the house, and I'm going to read a few of those real quick. On October 9th, 2020, the ghost crew left a testimonial stating they made contact with Samuel and smelled strong pipe tobacco in the doctor's room. One of the group was in the servants' quarters and had hung a bell on the door handle. He asked, if you want us to leave, ring the bell. And the bell started swinging hard and they heard a loud, get the fuck out. And this ghost crew ran out. Another in the group immediately had a nosebleed when they left the room. Another group on October 4th, 2020. Heard a bunch of noises, but again, while in the servants' quarters, they experienced bad vibes, and one of the group experienced a bad burning sensation in her eyes while asking questions to the spirits. They played with Rachel and had fun with her in her room, though, apparently. One person used a spirit box and heard an EVP. When they asked if they should go into the basement, they heard, Don't go down there, twice. All Things Paranormal is another group. They had bad vibes in the doctor's room and found prints on one of the sheets. They smoothed out the sheets and came back later to find a butt imprint, as if someone sat on the bed. August 24th, 2020. A candle fell on the floor in the doctor's office. Pillow came off the couch. Dining room chair pulled out. Doors closed on their own. Smelled biscuits being cooked. Rachel told them her name and uh, said she liked them. Servants' quarters lights went on and off without speaking to them. In the parlor, Rachel kept saying Jody, which was one of the people in the group there that night. But Rachel did not want to play. All activity stopped after 12.30 a.m. August 22, 2020. Heard a lullaby playing in the servants' quarters, bouncy ball thrown in Rachel's room, got scratched in Rachel's room also, activity stopped after 12 a.m. Derby City Paranormal was another group that stayed there. They said one of their group's ears turned bright red and was 8 degrees hotter than the other. They heard knocking and wheezing in the second floor bedroom. In the portal room, they could see the hall and closet door from the couch and witnessed at least three times a shadow completely blacked out in the light in the door frame. They also experienced their batteries draining in all of their equipment. Now, like I said, there are a lot of YouTube videos on this place. I was going to play some clips, but most of it is visual other than the demonic possession that you guys have to watch if you want a good laugh. So before I go through <laughs> and really dig down deep, I do have to take a quick break. So I will be back here in about a minute. All right. So before I go any further, all right, there's this cool thing called census records, right? So I looked some of these census records up and here's a little bit of some information okay John Gibbons you know he ended up dying in 1944 all right he did not die in the house or even in Mitchell Indiana for that matter uh Jesse Gibbons his wife did die in 1934 now according to uh find a grave and census records they had one daughter together that was born in 1912 and died in 1994 her name was Helen Marie Gibbons Her married name was Dobel, D-O-B-E-L, and that is the only child on record that they have, and that includes any adopted, any abandoned kids, or anybody they picked up. Now, on a lot of these websites, you'll see people claim that there were 26 people that died in this home. Obviously, this was a doctor's office, okay? So, oddly enough, I found this book called... The history of Lawrence and Monroe County, Indiana, their people, industries, and institutions. It was written by B. F. Bowden and it was published in 1914. Now, this book does reference Dr. John Gibbons quite a bit. There's uh, about five pages literally talking about this dude. Yeah, you know, he was a Freemason. He was also part of uh, of another group. Now, everything in this book has nothing but good things to say about this guy. It's really, really fascinating that all these stories come out. You hear all this shit. Supposedly this girl Rachel died in 1912. There's absolutely no record of her being born. There's no record of her dying. And uh, in 1914, when this book was written, they don't even really mention anything about deaths in the house let alone two kids that died really close one being super young the other one being like an infant that's like 10 years old you would think that any kind of record around 1914 especially a book that is literally being written about the residents of these two counties would probably fucking mention a girl being caught on fire and dying from it, from her injuries when there's literally five pages in this chapter Dedicated to talking about John Gibbons, his hobbies, his associates, what he was involved with in the town, fucking everything. Like his family, when he got married, his wife, everything. But yet there's no mention of that whatsoever. And then I look up some websites and they got this picture of this little girl from the early 1900s. Okay, listen to me, people. I can literally go to a fucking flea market, pick up an old timey picture, Put it in a frame and put it on a fucking mantle and make up a whole great grand story about how she haunts my fucking house. That being said, and trust me, I'm going to read some reviews of people who have stayed there uh, from TripAdvisor, which is super entertaining. All right, so like I said, in census records and in this book, there's absolutely no mention of the good Dr. John Gibbons and his wife, Jessie, Adopting any kind of abandoned or orphaned children. They only mention the one daughter that they had that was born in 1912. There's no record of a girl dying in 1912 named Rachel. Absolutely nothing. No records, no newspapers, nothing on a census absolutely nothing in this 1914 book which well you can find online you can literally read half the damn book online for free if you want yeah, The app makes for a great story they talk about well there's still burn marks on the door between you know the parlor and the dining room to this day listen i could have done that shit five years ago i'm selling some snake oil you guys want to buy some you know what i'm saying that's total shit for me okay so there's a story of a group of women visiting the home and they brought Rachel a gift. Supposedly they gave her a doll. When this doll supposedly bounced down the stairs, you know, it uh, it, it, was burnt looking and smelled freshly burned. Fucking awesome. Where's a picture of it? Uh, you know, I have yet to see a picture. I have yet to hear that as a first person story. All it is is secondhand stories. Right, there's absolutely no record of a 10-month-old infant dying in this house from unknown causes, and when it comes to the scent of baby powder, I could literally throw that shit under a bed and you're going to smell it all over in the room. Not really a big deal to me. Now, Jesse did die in 1934. They do not specify how she died, so it would not surprise me. It was about with double pneumonia. Personally, I've never heard of double pneumonia. Might be a thing. Maybe it was COVID. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So that that's not surprising. It's a mid 1930s. Trust me, people were dying of pneumonia all over the place. It wasn't it wasn't like a huge deal. Now, the most common paranormal activity in the room is a closet doorknob will constantly jiggle a few times. Da da da. One of the reviews that I'm going to read you of a person that stayed in this house, I'm pretty sure might explain that as well. Now, like I said, there is no record, no newspaper articles, absolutely nothing of a gentleman in the 50s and 60s that died in the upstairs bathroom. There was no record of a young boy that was supposedly special needs that died from falling down the front staircase, supposedly... This person on the Whispers Estate website spoke with relatives of this little boy, got a name and keywords, blah blah blah. Okay, what's his name? Where's his family? Let me let me talk to his family. How come his family hasn't come out and said that? Uh that's absolutely hearsay. It could be made up information. Absolutely no record of it whatsoever. People talk about walking into rooms and getting chills. Listen, I walk into the bar after a long day at work, I get chills. That doesn't mean shit to me. Okay the whole placebo effect you know if you're expecting something to happen when you walk into a so-called haunted location there's a good chance you're gonna feel shit happening you know it could be a cold breeze hard telling what time of year it was there could be some static electricity there could be a storm on in lightning storm you got 10 million scenarios that could be it don't naturally assume that it's a haunting okay Or, or somebody's trying to grope you or play or breathe on the back of your neck or anything like that Another thing is that uh, psychics have come in and said there are four graves in the backyard and there's also a pit grave that contains amputated limbs, internal organs, aborted fetuses, etc., etc. Okay, listen to me. If your only reference is what a psychic told you, you need to go ahead and try to confirm or verify that information from another source. All right, I can come in here and say, hey, yeah, this psychic told me this place is haunted as shit. Yeah, there's going to be a percentage of people that believe it. Facts. Facts are facts. You're entitled to your own opinion. You're not entitled to your own facts. That's It is what it is, okay? And we do live in the day and age of technology. It is 2020. Ground penetrating radar, sonar, whatever you want to call it. I'm pretty damn sure if you wanted to prove there were four graves in the backyard or even a pit grave with a bunch of amputated limbs and aborted fetuses and shit like that, it's not going to cost much money. I mean, they charge three to four hundred for like a group that maxes out at 10 to stay the night for like 10 hours in this place. All right. With that kind of money, dude, I'm pretty sure somebody would volunteer to verify this information. But there is no verification. There's only what a psychic says. And that also goes with the vortex or portal information, supposedly on the third floor, which would be the attic. I, there's no real way to verify that. It is what it is. You know, you, you sightings of a shadow. Um, big black. This house is actually on a street. So it would not surprise me, somebody driving by with headlights on in the night, somebody behind you with a flashlight, they're driving by, you know, that that shadow hits just right, you see it out of the corner of your eye, that, you know, I would kind of chalk that up. And I know I'm being super critical right now, and my regular listeners are probably like, oh, we're used to this, this is what we tuned in for. I do believe, I do believe in the paranormal. All right. I grew up in a fucking house that where I had my own experiences, my entire family, all of my siblings had experiences. It got to the point. Some of my friends, my little brother's friends wouldn't even fucking stay at our house. Like same thing with a couple of my sister's friends. They would not stay at our house. And it is what it is, you know, but. That doesn't mean I'm going to believe every single thing that I hear when there's no history to back up any of these so-called, you know, paranormal stories or these entities that are running through the house. You know, many women have reported hearing Dr. Gibbons whisper in their ears as well as grabbing or groping them. Again, secondhand information. Where's the person that it happened to? I want to talk to her. You know, there's got to be some kind of uh, evidence. And again... You have, you know, certain smells that you smell in there. Listen, if I'm hungry for meatloaf, there's a good chance I can work my brain up enough, I'm probably going to smell meatloaf. All right, that's that's just how it goes. Let's see, you have reports of camcorders being moved by an unseen presence to where the viewpoint of the intended target was changed. If you go by about five or six GoPros. We live in 2020. It is easy as shit to rig a house full of cameras to see if you can catch any kind of paranormal activity on camera. If this place is one of the four most haunted places in America, and you still in 2020 cannot provide me with any kind of video fucking evidence, only secondhand stories and shit, to where the history of the house does not actually back up any of the stories we've got a problem there is the same damn thing when i went to hillview manor over in newcastle pennsylvania a few weeks back uh, i was actually yeah it was about three weeks ago um it was the same thing with there like you know the guy's giving the nickel tour and he's like oh by the way don't be fucking around in any you know trying to bang each other because there's a group of." Uh, Ten of us there, you know, it's like half girls, half guys. They're like, don't be trying to bang one out down in the dark hallways in the basement. This entire place is rigged with security cameras, including night vision. And there was this huge screen that he showed in his office with like twenty different camera angles, twenty different cameras. Da da da. So I looked at this guy. I'm like, so you've had this rigged up for a while? Obviously, you know, you can watch and see if somebody's trying to bang one out down in the down in the basement or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's been rigged up for a while. So. What have you caught on camera? Well, nothing. Well, what the fuck? You know? What the fuck? So, you know, and then again, you know, videos of possessions happening in the house. I swear to God, you guys, you guys, you gotta go watch this video. It's pretty fun to watch, I'll just say that. Now we get to have a little bit of fun. And a lot of these... Uh reviews are mixed, alright, there's some true 5 star this place is fucking haunted reviews there's also some 1 stars where people talk some shit so the first one is going to be from Don R, 1 star not at all impressed it says 10 of us booked the house to ourselves for a private visit the workers kept talking everything up talking in a way to try to get you to believe things, totally scripted which I would expect it to be somewhat scripted, but it was pretty bad acting. After they talked for over an hour of our time, we were to be in the house alone to perform paranormal investigations. The staff finally left, and we were able to do some investigations. Absolutely nothing happened the entire night. There were things like the doors rattling, but we investigated it, and the hinges were loose, so if someone walked in another part of the house somewhat nearby, things would rattle and make sound. This may lead some to believe that there's activity. At one point, we thought maybe we had a quote-unquote visitor just to find a worker snuck back in the back door and we caught them trying to quietly wander around downstairs. So, of course, we could hear a floor's creak and some other subtle sounds as they were moving about. When we snuck up on them, they told us they were just checking to see if we had any questions. Odd, considering they weren't... Remotely looking for any of us to ask. Overall, we were totally unimpressed with our visit, and it truly seemed as if the owners set the house up to make visitors believe there is paranormal activity. I would choose another location if I were trying to decide if I should visit this site. And this uh, date of this experience was June of 2019. Here's another one, Five Stars, Taylor B. This review was in November of 2019. I did an overnight paranormal investigation with 10 people. I love the house. I am very nosy, so when I go do things like that, I am more interested in looking around rather than a ghost. I was a skeptic at first, and then I became more of a skeptic as the night went on, until the last two hours of the hunt. All night, it was quiet. Now, there was little things going on, like a door opened in front of me and my friend in the nursery and attic. We also heard growls, faint footsteps, and doorknobs being messed with. The night went on, and I was starting to become disappointed and beginning to question to myself. We would sit all together in different rooms and a hallway in silence for 30 to 45 minutes apiece. I even played with the Ouija board more than once in three different rooms and did not get a response. About 4 a.m., I asked the tour guide for help. She told us that she was close to the little girl Rachel, so I asked her to help us contact Rachel and whatever other spirits were living there. She tried for about 30 minutes, and we were in the first room upstairs with a closet that had Gary's toys in it. No idea who the fuck Gary is, but we sat in the dark for 30 minutes in silence listening to the tour guide talk to the spirits. Finally, the tour guide suggested table tipping. Which I had never heard of that before, but I am so glad I did it. I volunteered to do the table tipping with the tour guide and my best friend. Once we started about 15 minutes into the table tipping, the table moved. I was surprised. I looked at the tour guide to see if she was moving the table, and sure enough, she was not. Her hands were too relaxed. So, her hands were on the table, apparently. But her hands looked relaxed, so it must be paranormal, right? Says, we also had people on both sides of us, like surrounding us, and they looked to see if the tour guide was making the table move or to see if there was anything under the small table to make it move. There was nothing. 20 minutes into the table tipping, the tour guide asked if the spirit was contacting us, knew me. The table tipped towards me for yes, towards my friend for no. It tipped towards me, which meant yes. Tour guide asked if it was a family member, and it said yes. Come to find out, it was my uncle who had passed six years ago. He was contacting me, and my mom was there as well, and she ended up joining in the table tipping. I was shocked. Couldn't believe it, but he answered, All our questions right, even the tricky questions. There was no way it was the tour guide or stage, because the tour guide didn't know anything about my mom and I or our family. What got me to believe was when I asked a very personal question that only my uncle would know. He answered them right. That's when I broke down crying, and I hate crying in front of people. I held it all in until that point. Anyway, I've never had anything paranormal happen to me. Maybe just little things that uh, really didn't validate anything until that night, and I'm just glad that it was my uncle that gave me that paranormal experience that made me believe that there is something out there. Your loved ones really do watch over you. Very grateful for that experience. Like I said, that was in November of 2019. This one is also five stars, definitely not a fake. Whoever says this isn't a real deal would be mistaken. Audio recordings picked up things we didn't hear while inside the house, including loud knocking, heavy breathing, loud banging, growling. Heard the cry of a baby while there. Caught mist, orbs, a shadow figure, and pictures. This place is the real deal and not just an attraction. Rated fourth most haunted place in America and I believe it. This was dated September 2019. Cool, I want to see those pictures. And orbs can actually, uh, if you use some pledge, you probably won't see many orbs. Just throwing that out there. This one is from November 2017, written by Mary S. 3 out of 5 stars, worth a one-time visit. I reserved tour spots on Halloween for myself and two teens. There was one other family on our tour also. The tour guide was very nice and wanted uh, to like the actual tour more because of that. But tour was just okay. I'm not a paranormal investigator or a ghost hunter, but my kids are into that kind of thing. So we had high hopes. The tour guide seems to me to be in one of these two camps. Either she has seen so much paranormal activity, she is immune to the excitement, or it's all bogus and because of that, she can't get excited about it. If she does believe all the stories, the tour might be a lot better if that excitement was somehow passed on to us as visitors through the presentation and tour. It was only $10 a person for the one-hour tour, and I'm glad we went. I think this could be a great attraction if it were treated as not just a museum where the tour is just uh, informational, but more along the lines of entertainment with some enthusiastic tour guides. Overall, it is worth a one-time visit, but I probably won't go again. Alright, this one is five stars. Yes, it is haunted. I've been there multiple times over the past ten years or so. The spirits aren't always cooperative, but that's how it is. I've got more EVPs here than I could count. Perfect, let me listen to them. Uh, this is from BRAD196, by the way, in December of 2016. Uh, I want to listen to your EVPs, my guy. I believe the last person commented that there was no evidence that Rachel was burned in a fire. I'm not sure if a child died, but the door frame is charred and has been painted in the front room. I was in the front room once lying on a couch and a surge of electricity ran through me like I had been shocked. There is no doubt in my mind that this place is a paranormal hot spot. Oh, this one is Sarah B. September 2016. My family and I are paranormal investigators and we paid $400 for the night to investigate privately. I was not impressed by any means. Before the owner took over, there were there was no paranormal activity. I think it is more of an attraction than a real haunted house. We stayed for a good while, nothing on our recorders or photos." Another thing I find weird is that there is no proof at all about a little girl named Rachel getting burned or even living there in that time period. There is a grave of the doctor, though, in the Mitchell graveyard, very disappointed and a waste of money. And I'm going to tell you this last one that uh, is probably one of the one of the harshest ones. It's from KTT, October 2019. One star fake. I lived in this house because it used to be an apartment. I lived in the upstairs and spent many nights sleeping by myself. Don't waste your money. This was in the early 80s, and no one ever spoke of it being haunted till it was bought and renovated. Believe me, I was born and raised in the town of Mitchell and never heard of any stories of this place being haunted. It is a very old house and has been restored. And that that one right there kind of does it for me just because, yeah... You know, if this place is so haunted, how have we not heard stories dating back to the 50s and 60s? Maybe the renovation kicked it up. I don't know. But judging by some of those reviews from 2019, it's hard telling. I challenge you, Whispers of State, though. I'll go stay the night in that place. But they're not going to do that. They're not going to take me up on that offer because... If nothing happens, I'm going to call them out on their shit, especially if I see one of the employees fucking lurking around downstairs trying to fucking scare us or whatever the hell he was doing down there. But anyway, that is about all I have for you on Whisper's Estate. You guys are more than welcome to hang out for reviews. I do have quite a bit of them, like I said. So, if you want to, stay tuned. If not, I hope you had a great, great Halloween. Alright, this one is... The first one, I believe it's from America. It might be from America. I have actually no way of telling because it is on Podcast Addict and it is four stars, free being, 9 Good topics and it's a nice listen. I do wish the host didn't swear as much and I wish he would uh, take more care of pronouncing things. It's Travis Stock, not Travis Stock. Oh, Tavistock. Honestly, I have no fucking episode. I have no idea what even episode you're referring to, but I... some times we mispronounce words, you know, uh, my bad, but I do appreciate you listening. Thank you very much for taking the time to, uh, leave a review. I hope you enjoy the topics that you are listening to. Taylala, 8885 stars. I just found you. Um, she goes on to talk about, Uh, The Velisca Murders, the episode I did. And yeah, I do, uh, from the point of view of religion, I am very familiar with the fact that covering up mirrors um, is a religious aspect, you know, being any kind of reflective service, really. Uh, I honestly cannot remember if I brought that up in the episode or not, because um, I did that episode like three and a half or four years ago but I am glad that you were enjoying that episode. I know you can't tell by the date of the upload, but yeah, I uploaded that in like 2016, 17, some shit like that, 2017. Thank you for saying I'm awesome, and I will be keeping it up as well, and I am glad that you are enjoying those episodes. Five stars, TexasAggie69, good job. You did a really good and concise show on Elvis' death. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. That was a fun episode. Well, not I can't say fun, but it was fun for me because I got to learn a lot about his life and death. And actually, on my Patreon, I have a two-parter on there about his life, uh, which was absolutely... I didn't know that much about him before Before that, so I got to learn a lot. And that's what I like. Uh, what do we got here? Five stars, Decker had. Love this podcast. Also, the host has a heart of gold. <laughs> uh, I... I know you're re- probably referring to my Bruce Lee episode for my buddy Adler. Um, I wouldn't say I have a heart of gold. You know, it's kind of black and shriveled and cold, but uh, I do give a fuck. I do give a shit about people. So, you know, just trying to trying to make somebody's day. little kindness goes a long way. I think if more people uh, realize that, I think the world would be a lot better place, to be honest with you. It doesn't take much to make somebody's day. And he enjoyed the episode. By the way, I got feedback from his mom. She said he was on the telephone telling his friends about it. He was all smiles, and that literally made me that made me smile real big. I'm really glad he he appreciated that episode. I was I was nervous about. it. I was like, he's gonna hate it, and his mom's like, no, he loved it. He's telling his friends about it and everything, and that really really fucking made me feel good. Uh, this one is from Paula M L N. Five stars, awesome podcast, great and interesting cases. Thank you very much for that. I try to find interesting ones that people don't do a thousand times. Next one is five stars, Keith Lesniak, uh, felt like I met a friend. It's not just the content, it's you too, dude, great job. Thank you very much, man. Um, When I started this podcast, I've said it a thousand times, man, I, I, I wanted to do it like not scripted, not robotic. I mean, yeah, I do have a couple other podcasts that are scripted, uh, so I'm not like totally against that, but at the same time, it's just me telling you guys stuff and that's, it's easy for me and I like it that way. Five stars, Milotter, awesome, great job. Love listening to the way you tell the story. Uh, thank you very much. I do appreciate, I, I, god damn, I appreciate you guys a lot. Thank you very much. Um, Next one is five stars. Okay. eighty eights. super good podcast. I enjoy everything about this host and his work. Stories are finally researched. Anything that might be conjecture is identified as such. And he is uh, very easy to listen to. I absolutely prefer his presentation over some corny dialect or constant laughing or getting off topic. No draw, no over animation talks like a regular person. Keep it up, sir. Well, you know what? I, uh, I will fuck. I will try my best. Thank you very much. I, yeah, I can only be me, and I'm not going to be anybody else. Oh, here's here's a good one for you. One out of five stars. Bouchette's not, uh, mediocre at best. This guy lets Satan worshippers advertise on his podcast. <laughs> I know you. I know what you're referring to. It was uh, it was a promo I played for another podcast. And, um, you know, the the best part is, is first of all, I know you're a boomer because of the other reviews you left about like uh, some VHS podcast and some of the other bullshit, because whether you guys believe it or not, we can look up all the reviews that you've left for other podcasts. So uh, I don't often call people a boomer, but I'm probably going to call you one right fucking now. Because here's the deal, alright, I get it, you're a Christian, you don't like Satan worshippers, da da da, whether somebody's a Satanist or not, I'm a 100% fucking percent sure you have no idea what the uh, the religion of, of Satanism is actually about. Now, I am not a, a Satanist, I'm, I'm a spiritual type person. Am I a Christian? No. I was raised strict Christian by a huge Christian country-ass family. Now... Don't be close-minded like that. Like, I know assholes that believe in all kinds of different shit. I even know assholes that don't believe in anything. I try to judge people by, by their character. You know, the content of who they are. The, you know, how they treat other people who can't do anything for them. That's how I judge people. I don't give a fuck what they believe in. And... You honestly, that that shit really pisses me off. I have great friends that are hardcore Christians. You know, they go go to church. They know I'm not into that shit. They're cool with it. I'm totally opposite of that. But don't be that close-minded. Fuck, I'm good friends with Eric Verner, who's like one of the head people from the Church of Satan in like the four state area. And believe it or not, he is literally one of the nicest fucking guys you will ever meet in your life super intelligent, straight-up American, man, just red-blooded American guy, but he just has a different belief system. Church of Satan isn't about worshiping Lucifer. You know, if you're going to go that far, you're probably going to be in the realm of Luciferianism, okay? If you don't know what that is, which I'm sure you don't, because obviously you're closed-minded as fuck, uh, or simple-minded, I should say. You're simpleton. It's, it's not what people think it is and i don't i'm not a christian does that mean i fucking bash christians because they believe in jesus no if it makes them a better person then fucking go for it i don't care like i said man i've met assholes of all kinds of all different faiths of all different spiritualities or even straight up atheists that are fucking assholes i've also met people who are the best people on earth who believe have different sets of beliefs Yeah, granted, there are obviously radicals in every sector that I just mentioned as well. That also fucking counts Christianity, dude. So if you're a Christian and you're all against fucking Satan worshippers, should we talk about the Westboro Baptist Church or what? Because they're fucking Christians. They're some of the fucking worst goddamn people on this planet. They are fucking assholes, man. So, like, don't judge people like that. It's, it's really fucking small and simple minded and I just don't understand that. I guess sorry about that rant everybody who's listening I really don't but um, next one is five stars it says uh, Taylor Allison Swift Haley <laughs> it says great awesome show thanks. Well, you know what you're you're damn welcome. thank you for taking the time to leave the review. oh and hey uh, just so you know uh, Bochette's snot you know, from the previous one star, just to get a little extra on you. If I'm mediocre at best and you took the time to leave me a one star review, the best part about that is iTunes works on algorithms and it doesn't matter if it's a one star review or a five star review. If you leave me a review period, that means more people are going to find my fucking show. That's how the algorithm works. Trust me, there's some fucking one star rated shows that are at the top because people just keep leaving them one stars because the show sucks. But they're a top true crime podcast because of the algorithm. That's how it fucking goes, man. So I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, Taylor Allison Swift Haley. Thank you as well. Like you're fucking awesome. Uh, Next one is a F the nickname five stars. Interesting topics. I just started listening to the podcast. I'm listening to an episode one and about four episodes. I'm totally hooked. Holy shit, you started from episode one and you're still listening? Hey, listen, after episode 30 or 40, it gets way better. Like, my audio quality gets up. I finally figured out how to fucking edit and do noise reduction and um, do interviews properly through the proper channels. So, wow, kudos to you. Um the detailed knowledge he shares shows determined research, which shows his determination to not only facts, the topics are on things I've never heard of, which is great, uh, which is a great switch from the usual crime podcasts such as BTK, Zodiac, and Bundy. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy the different points of view on those two. I appreciate the different paths taken on this podcast and the variety of subject matter. Keep it going. Cannot thank you enough for that review. Uh, that means a lot because I really do try to... Do different shit than everybody else. Um, because I'm very, very picky about what I listen to podcast wise. I listen to maybe five in a regular rotation. And that's because they have subject matter like me. They do different types of things. Dark Windows Podcast is another one. Um, so I highly suggest them. Go check them out. You will love it. Dark Windows Podcast. They're just like me. They cover all kinds of different shit. They're a little bit more open because they have more than one host. So, you know, they, you know, do a little bit of banter and stuff like that. But it's not extreme. So I highly suggest that if you like my podcast. This one is five stars. Kylie Cisneros. Hopefully I pronounced that right amazing he has such a soothing voice and is overall an amazing podcaster he gets so much hate for one reason oh he gets so much hate for that reason and i love that he doesn't care and puts out great content and then you put a little heart emoji and i love emojis so thank you uh, very much and yeah i really don't fucking care <laughs> like i'm out here gonna i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing regardless and i do i do get a lot of hate like it's sometimes it's worse than others You know, but it is what it is. I don't care. This one is five stars from Joseph Duncan. Keep them coming. I uh, have to give you props. The more you do, the better your reporting style. I know some people think you're monotone and drone on or monotone and drone on, but it works well for me. I have to say I listen to other similar podcasts that report on some of the same stuff. Your research and reporting is so much more in depth. Keep them coming. I have a long commute to work every day. Well, man, I hope you hope you like this episode. You know what I'm saying? And just so you know, if you like the in-depth research, the long series, Joseph Duncan, I got Al fucking Capone coming up for you here in November, dude. That is legit going to be my next episode is part one, Al Capone. So you're definitely going to dig that. This one is five stars. Uh, the Caledonian. Great podcast. I just love the in-depth research Justin does. When he is telling the story, it feels like he is sitting in the room with you. His voice and delivery is so relaxed, a pleasure to listen to. Nothing pre-scripted. He knows what he is talking about. I love it. A great storyteller. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate that. Yeah, I don't, I use bullet point notes, um, and try to remember as much as I can to make it more conversational. So, like, literally, if you go to a bar and ask me to talk about shit like this, you're going to get what you get in the podcast. That's that's plain and simple fact. Um, next up, we got five stars. AJS, 1471, awesome. Loved Your Wyatt Earp, Doc Holiday, Billy the Kid, Jesse James, John Dillinger, Babyface Nelson, and Elvis Presley episodes. Just wondering if you could ever consider doing Al Capone, Anthony. Well, Anthony, because I saw this review months, a couple months ago, and I haven't read reviews for a long time. I did see this, though, and that is literally why I decided to do Al Capone, my man. So um, hopefully you, you'll enjoy that, and you'll be getting that here the first week of November. Next up, five stars, Joey Galvez, great show. Hey, I love this show. I'm not usually into true crime. Justin definitely kept me engaged. He says, I know you get people saying that you're monotone. Honestly, when I hear the stuff you cover, I'd rather hear it calm, cool, and collective voice rather than some uh, someone in your face and cray. I mean, this is some of the topics, and I'm already on edge hearing this gruesome stuff. So, LOL, so keep it up, man. Keep the chill style. Joey, obviously, I know, you know, we know each other. Uh, no, greatly appreciated, man. Five stars. Jay Larson. Eleven. Highly recommend. Love the stories shared. He has found stories that haven't been shared a thousand times. Again, I love hearing that shit. Thank you very much. Five stars. Tay, tay Taya, baby. Two. Love it. Justin is always fun to listen to. Love his topics and his telling of events. Always well organized and always waiting for next episode to come out. Uh, This one is two stars. Dusted, robot, great subject matter, but his voice is so monotone it's hard to listen to. Yeah, what, fuck yourself. Let me hit up the UK real quick. Oh, here we go. Holy shit, man. I got a couple of them. Oh, a Madeline McCann. This will be my last, or no, okay, let me read this one first. Mary Merrill, Merrill 2020, enjoyed his lovely voice, sad story. I'm not sure what story you're talking about, but thank you for those five stars. This one is a one-star Madeline McCann episode. If you're going to cover a case, at least take the time to do your research and understand what you were actually talking about. You got so much wrong in this episode, it was unreal. Jane Turner. Jane Tanner. Blah, blah, blah. sighting 500 yards away. Blah, blah, blah. Apartment was 500 yards away. Blah, blah, blah. As Babe Ruth said. W-O-L-5. The loudest boos always come from the cheapest fucking seats. Everybody's a critic. And you know what? I cannot fucking wait to hear your full-length podcast that you are going to dedicate to Madeline McCann. I cannot fucking wait to hear it. But you know what the thing is? You're not going to fucking do it. Because you either don't have the drive, don't have the guts, can't take the fucking criticism. But please, please, if when you do, which I, we all know you fucking won't because you'd rather sit from the fucking cheap seats, judge everybody else, even though you're the fucking expert. Send me the link, justin.mcpodcast at gmail.com, so me and my listeners can go ahead and critique you. I'll be waiting. Can't fucking wait to hear that shit. All right, that's all I got from the UK. Let's check Australia. This one is from uh, Tank Engine Tom. Five stars, you kick ass. I listen to your podcast from Queensland, Australia. When I'm out exercise, walking, it's great that you say it as you think. It's your show and your opinion, so keep it up. Awesome stories about often tragic events, but to hear it from every angle is outstanding. I love some of the historic ones too, mate. Tom, Tom, you fucking kick ass, dude, and I appreciate that. I'm really glad you like hearing it from all the angles and shit, uh, so thank you very much. Uh, next one is Krusty03715, stars from Australia, grab a bev- beverage and settle in. Another fan from Brisbane, Australia, love your podcast like listening to an old bushy tell a tale over a campfire. I listen while I work, I hope no one spots me laughing out loud when you read your reviews on One Star Peeps. <laughs> well, I hope you didn't laugh too hard when you uh, heard that last one, so thank you very much for taking the time to leave a review and that is literally all i got for reviews buzzed through them what was it, about 20 25 minutes thank you everybody so much man for taking the time to leave reviews even that fucking dipshit from the uk who's apparently a madeline mccann expert that i've never seen on fucking crime news or crime watch daily but whatever love all you guys take it easy till next time see you on the flip side